Wanna whisper in your ear that you're, that you're good enough I wanna change the way you see you, you're strong enough Say them not know that you got more than meets the eyes And them not see you making stride after stride I share with you that in episode 22, we were going to be talking about the battle of self-commitment. We talked about the battle of faith versus reality, and now we're moving on to the battle of self-commitment, the three um, greatest battles that women will have to face, have to fight on a daily basis, faith versus reality, two, self-commitment. And then three, the battle of progress. But as I said, we are honing in on self-commitment. Now, self-commitment sometimes can be really tough. Um, And the reason behind it sometimes is because some of us were taught that committing to yourself is selfish. Um, and thinking about, uh, being selfish versus self-commitment when you are selfish, you cannot see other people for constantly seeing yourself, right? You, you're so self-conscious that you cannot see anything over, um, your own desires, your own issues, your own, (laughs) your own life and wants in life. Um, selfishness is when you will really harm others just to get your own way. And you don't mind. And that harm doesn't necessarily mean physically, but emotionally. So what? Deal with it. I'm going with myself. And so when we talk about selfishness, that's one thing, but self-commitment is entirely different from selfishness, right? So we want to get that out of our minds. And some of us have been so conditioned that anything dealing with the self should be put on the back burner. And that, my queens, is not true. Let's talk about self-commitment and what that is, right? Um, One of the things that I've been sharing lately is that the greatest gift that a woman uh, can have or the greatest gift, the greatest strength, the greatest weapon, because as we say, we're we're always at war here as queens, right? As leading ladies, we're always at war. So the greatest weapon in waging these wars and dealing with these daily battles that we have to deal with, one of the greatest strengths that we have is our love and care for ourselves. Because if we don't love and care for ourselves, then what do we have (laughs) to take care of other people, to love on other people? If I don't love myself, then my love for other people will be faulty, right? If I don't care for myself, then my care for other people will, it will have the wrong motive behind it. And we can talk about that for days. But when we talk about self-commitment, when we talk about um, making vows to ourselves, I remember back in the day, I had moments where I would listen to different sermons and those sermons, you know, we're talking about making these vows to yourself. And I got so um, serious about not vowing to myself that I'm going to be this way and I'm not going to be that way. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to deal with this type of relationship and I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that. 
And I remember that vowing to yourself at that time, it looked like such a negative thing. If you vow that you are never going to be this way, it becomes a wound inside of you that keeps you from trusting God. Well, at this point in my life, um, living a life where I committed to everyone other than myself um, until I started to heal, <laughs> I have realized that vowing to myself is a strong, is a strength. <laughs> it's, it's a weapon for me to win in life. And so we're not making the type of vows to ourselves where, you know, we are not going to let anybody in. You know, those type of vows definitely are negative. But when we make vows to ourselves the same way we would make vows to someone that we were marrying, <clears throat> those are the type of vows that we do need. Those are the positive vows that help us to stay true and committed to ourselves. Another word I want to throw out at you is self-loyalty, being loyal and committed to your personal life mission before you swear your allegiance to anybody else is so important. Even in marriage, like before you commit to a spouse and having children and commit your life to making sure that your children's lives are amazing, you need to have your own vows to yourself. You need to have commitments to yourself first because it is those self-commitments, it's the self-commitments that you make, they keep you from going outside of your boundaries and allowing other people to cross your boundaries, right? So when I'm committed to my life's mission, my life's purpose. When someone comes along who has a life purpose that will pull me away from what I have committed, sworn to myself, sworn to the divine to do, (laughs) then I know, okay, this person may be a good friend, but I cannot make this person my everything. Why? Because uh, they're going to pull me away from my self-commitments, right? So I want you to think about some of the things that you have committed to other people. You may have committed, you know, I'm going to be here for work every single day on time. I'm going to make sure that I get all of my projects done. You may have committed that to, you know, committed to your clients. I'm going to serve you 100%. And, you know, when it comes to um, sales, the client is always right, right? And sometimes <laughs> making the client always right is not good. It's good for sales, but it ain't good for your self-commitment. It's not good for your own emotions. When you have someone that comes in there that is absolutely not fair, that is disrupting the flow of service, you know, getting a sale from that person is <laughs> is going to be a headache for the rest of the time that you're having to serve them. And so all money ain't good money. So the, the client, the customer is not 
always right. There are times where when someone is disrupting something, you need to lean to your self-commitment, your commitment to your business, your commitment to your level of service and say, no, you know what? This, I, I can't accept this for my life. And so it is your self-commitment your commitment to your life's mission that begins to create guidelines and boundaries in your life so that when others cross those boundaries, you know, you know what? You and I, we got to part ways because you keep trying to step over the line. And this is where you start to become opposition to my purpose. I'm going to say that again in a different way. Some people become an opposition to your purpose. When the presence of another person, whether it's a client, because sometimes you have clients that just, whoa, and it's usually the ones that we give discounts to, (laughs) they become naggy. They become the ones that need the most, the the neediest clients, the ones that, that don't want to put in the work, whoo, They become an opposition to your purpose. Why? Because now I have to spend so much time taking care of you that I can't take care of my self-commitments. I can't take care of my commitments to the other clients. You are now becoming an opposition to my purpose. And in those moments, you have to lean to your self-commitment and your self-loyalty and say, you know what? I deserve better than this. This does not line up with my commitment to myself and trying to continue engaging in this is pulling me away from what I've committed to within myself. When you make those decisions, you save yourself so many headaches. You save yourself the loss of money, you know, because there are good paying clients out there (laughs) who won't waste your time. There are good paying clients out there that are willing to, to do the work to not lean on you to be babysat for what it is that they need. And those are the people that you need to be spending your time searching out (laughs) and, and getting to know instead of spending so much time, so much of your personal and your business time trying to make them happy. I remember when I um, was superintendent over a school for so many years. Oh my God, I, I literally lived at the school. My children went to the school there. So it was just, I mean, oh my God, such a huge commitment, not just to the school, but to the church that I was pastoring as well. So most of my life was spent there. And I remember that the people on the school side of things, those who had the discounts, They were the ones who created the most fuss, who brought in the most complaints to the office, who were the most belligerent about this or about that. I mean, (laughs) the people who were paying, who trusted our business, trusted our care for their children, the, the paying people were fine, but the people that we gave the biggest discounts to were the biggest headaches. And that was such a huge lesson for me to learn. I'm like, you know what? We've got to stop serving these people who really don't care about our mission, who really don't care to to bring a benefit to our school. They're trying to see what they can get. And then on the church side, oh Lord, 
let me even, <laughs> when I start thinking about that, like literally the, the neediest people, the ones who are un, who were unwilling to do the work, the people who were unwilling to, um, exercise their own faith. They wanted us as pastors to exercise our faith for them. And every single week back in the prayer line, once again, back, you know, coming back for counseling, coming back and everything you tell them to do or everything that you suggest that they might be able to do. Oh my God, they don't want to do it. (laughs) And oftentimes it's the neediest people that we feel bad for, that we have empathy for. You know, we, we are empathetic people. Queens are empathetic. We can be so in touch with our feelings and other people's feelings and be so emotionally intelligent that it takes us off of our self-commitment, our commitment to ourselves. It causes us to betray ourselves and become loyal to other people instead of being loyal to what God has placed in our own hearts. And that is awful. I always say self-betrayal is worse than someone else betraying you, like for real. When you betray yourself, oh my God, the pain that comes <laughs> from self-betrayal is greater than the betrayal that comes externally. People will betray you, yes, absolutely. But when you betray your own life's purpose to help someone else fulfill theirs, <laughs> I've heard so many things being a pastor. It, it brings to my, um, my memory this couple that we were counseling. And, you know, the young lady, she was so excited about getting married. And, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I love him so much. And I was so happy to hear how much she loved this man. On his side of things, his words were, yes, I'm so excited to get married because she is going to help me fulfill my life's purpose. For me, that was a red flag. Because it wasn't about, I'm in love with her as well. I can't wait to start our life together. No, she, her existence is going to be about having my children and helping me fulfill my life's purpose. And guess what? When we hop into situations like that, when we, when we hop into those situations, we start to betray ourselves to help other people fulfill whatever they believe God wants them to do. I've seen it even in church, church missions or, or, or company missions. We hop in and we become so loyal to other people's missions, to other people's, you know, life's purpose. And we forget about ourselves. We do that with our children as well. We become so gung-ho I mean, we become, you know, the soccer mom, the track mom that drives our children everywhere, never taking a breather. Everybody has eaten. You haven't eaten yourself. You're losing weight, not because you're working out, but because you have been starving yourself to make sure everyone else is full and to make sure everyone else gets to their destination, soccer mom. And it's good to be a soccer mom. It's good to be out in the community. But when that starts to cause you (laughs) to ignore yourself and ignore what you want to accomplish in your own life, then we've got a problem on our hands. 
And I want you to reconsider your own life's journey. Write out, what is it? What is my life's mission? And I know that sounds really huge, but let's just start out by writing down all of the things that you just want. What is it that you want out of life? Let's start there. Because when you start to write out what you want in life, then your life's mission begins to materialize. You know, we're not talking about, oh, I'm searching for my purpose. I'm looking for the reason why I was born. Let's just find it in your DNA. It's already there in your DNA. Within your DNA are the things that you desire. And when you start to see what you truly desire in life, now From those desires, from those things that you want deep in your heart, you can start to pinpoint the areas that touch on what your life's purpose is, what your life's mission is all about right? You say, Hey, I want to have a family, a strong family. I want to build a strong family. I want to help other people build strong families as well. And there in that desire hidden within your wants and your desires, you start to see, Oh, there's a, there's purpose within this. Here's a mission that I can begin drawing up. And then you can commit to fulfilling those things that you want. You might say, oh my God, LaShawn, like, come on. I haven't even committed to doing <laughs> to doing my daily walk. I haven't even committed to going to the gym on a regular basis. I have a problem with committing to that. Well, let me tell you, when you start to recognize that you are born for more by tapping into your desires, looking into those hidden desires, and I know some of us don't even know what we want. Some of, some of the ladies that I've had an opportunity to talk to, they have a hard time even trying to figure out what is it that I want? Cause we've been tending to other people's wants so much, but I want you to take time. I want you to just take some time out this week and really think about what you want. Write it down. I don't care if it is, you know, uh, <laughs> that you want to have pink light bulbs in your bathroom. Like whatever it, it is, e- even if it seems super small, super insignificant, let that desire come out. Because we've got to get your heart flowing. When we get your heart flowing, then we can build upon that desires list or that wants list. We can build upon it and we can start to formulate your life's mission from the things that you simply desire. Yeah. So take some time this week and start to look at what are the things that you need to commit to as you commit to getting those pink light bulbs. Like, hey, you know what? This month I'm getting my pink light bulbs. When you start to commit to those things that you desire, you start to build your heart up to be able to commit to the bigger things in life, like a life's mission. And when you commit to your life's mission, when you start to commit to those types of things, as you build your heart up, the level of commitment that you have to yourself, start out with the small things and and the big things, like after a while, you'll start committing to that. And when you know that you've got to be around long enough to fulfill that life's mission that, that you need to be loyal to, guess what? You'll go do your walk. You'll go to the gym. You'll go and do your exercise. Why? Because I'm committed to something greater 
than myself. My life's mission is so huge. I've got to be here. I've got to be here to serve my children when they're adults. I've got to be here to pass down my recipes and, and, <laughs> and my, my desire to see legacy move forward in my grandchildren. And so guess what you'll do? You'll get out there and you'll start exercising because you know that you've got to be around, right? So start out small, commit to the small things. And as you begin to build your self-commitment, oh my goodness, it does something for your self-esteem. Why? Because you're esteeming yourself worth the pink lights. And once you esteem yourself worth the, the pink lights, then you'll start to esteem yourself worth having a business. And you'll start to esteem yourself worth having good clients who pay you. Instead of clients who couldn't care less about taking care of their bill, what happens? You start to elevate and, and, and make progress in your own heart. So self-commitment is huge. It is a battle. It's one of the toughest battles that we fight because of our conditioning. Oftentimes we've been told, deny yourself, you know, buffet your body. You know, those are, (laughs) those are scriptures that, that we've been taught. And we, you know, there's been so much emphasis on just beating yourself over the head. How can I expect to be loved and moved forward by God? If I can't even see my worth, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. We'll go back and forth. We'll plateau in the places that we refuse to heal in. So I want you to start to heal in this area of self-commitment. I want you to start being loyal to yourself. You have your assignment queen and I want to hear about it. I want you to send me a DM. You know, I'm on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram as the LaShawn Brooks. Send me a DM or hop on iqueenup.com. Send me a, a, a message and let me know how you are doing with your self commitment. You've got to win this battle. Your children need you to win this battle so that they can be strong in committing to themselves as well. Queen, I pray that you have an amazing, amazing week. We'll talk really soon. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, then you are going to enjoy some one-on-one time with me where we sit together and strategize about how we can move your life, your business, and your legacy forward. I cannot wait to hop on your healing journey with you so that we can discover who you really are and what you really have to offer to this world. Go to iqueenup.com, click on work with LaShawn, and we will get this thing going. Can't wait to talk with you. You got your own way of doing